Yep. Come on. Yep. Hey guys, this is Sam Baker with the Everyman Upland Podcast. A couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to sit down with Jay Lowry, owner of Ryglin Gun Dogs uh, in Illinois, and he um, he's not a southern guy. I know we're all about Georgia bird hunting, but he does have a southern connection through Kevin's uh, Outfitters in, uh, or Kevin's Sporting Goods in thomasville georgia and actually uh jay lowry is going to be down doing demonstrations at kevin's uh game fair uh that's going to be november 12th in uh thomasville georgia and that's the day before opening day of wild uh quail season here in georgia so i just want to get the opportunity to talk to jay about uh, English Cocker Spaniels and how they fit into the uh, the role uh, of bird hunting here in the South, both traditionally and moving forward. Um, all of the guys here at Everyman Upland uh, run uh, English Cocker Spaniel along with our pointing dogs, and they go out with us to the dove field, um, and as we guide, they certainly have a a role of picking up birds and flushing birds there. So I just want to give you guys, if you're thinking about a Cocker Spaniel, adding a Cocker Spaniel to your team, this is a good place to start. Um, and you can find links to Jay's, uh, to Raglan Gun Dogs in the show notes. I also wanted to tell you that this episode is being brought to you by Quail Ridge Plantation in Norman Park, Georgia. Um... You probably heard me and Henry talk about it because that is where we guide. And they are taking bookings now. If you want to make a reservation or ask a question, the number is 229-891-7679. And they will answer all your questions about booking a hunt today. They're going into their 52nd season of Bob White Quail Hunting. Uh, amongst beautiful longleaf pine and wiregrass and gallberry. It's very postcard and classic looking. I really enjoy hunting there. So if you have any questions about that, uh, the link to Quail Ridge will also be in the show notes. It's really late while I'm doing this intro, so I'm kind of tired. I don't know if you guys recognize that, but I wanted to get this out um, as we have already kicked off our bird hunting season i had a good dove shoot last weekend and if you follow me on instagram at everyman upland you saw that we had a feast of dove um the monday after the shoot so guys enjoy this uh episode with raglan gun dogs and let us know what you think leave us a comment on apple um apple podcast uh, or Spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast. We really appreciate you guys and we really appreciate any feedback. All right. Enjoy the show. Yep. Welcome everybody. Once again to the Everyman Upland podcast. I'm your host, Sam Baker, uh, joining you on kind of a gray dreary morning, uh, here in South Georgia from my kitchen, uh, a little bit different setting this morning. And on the phone I have with me owner, 
uh, Jay Lowry of Ryglin Kennels. How you doing, Jay? Doing great. Thank you for having me, Sam. Yeah, man. Um, I've been really excited to talk to you. Jay owns a kennel that, I, do you say specializes, or are you just like UK cockers are the only cockers? T- tell us about your kennel. <laughs> um, yeah, so we own Raglan Gun Dogs. It's, it's a kennel uh, based in South Central Illinois, and I don't know if specializes is the right word or not, but all we do is uk-based english cocker spaniels um so by that i mean all of our genetics all of our breeding dogs um, are imported from the uk and so our puppies are first generation dogs in the u.s not that we necessarily have anything against u.s cockers um that we just really like the stuff that we've seen in the uk and the stuff that we've gotten over here so uh just to kind of carve out our own niche, that's what we've done. Yeah. So if our if you're listening to this podcast and you're you haven't really heard much about cocker spaniels, they play uh, an emerging and somewhat traditional role in uh, South uh, quail hunting in the South. But before that, I mean, kind of walk us through the breed history in the UK and how it came over to the US. And I mean, we kind of almost lost. I mean, we didn't almost lose the breed, but the parts that we want anyway. Right, right. Um, so I'll just back up a little bit and tell you a smidgen of my history. So I got into dogs. I've always hunted, um, always loved dogs, always had hunting dogs around me, uh, but really got into to dog training, I guess. Um, in about 2003, I started um I bought a dog from Wild Rose Kennels in Oxford, Mississippi. They specialize in UK genetic, UK genetics with Labradors. Okay. Um, did that. I trained with them for about 10 years, <clears throat> 2013. Um, I was in the UK with Mike Stewart who owns Wild Rose and a good friend of ours named Nigel Carville arranged for us to rabbit hunt over Cockers uh, one morning. Um, and, and my impression, you know, I'm obviously from the U S my impression of a Cocker Spaniel was grandma's mean inbred, ugly dog that would bite me. Yeah. Big and, curtain cut, uh, yeah, yeah. floor dust mop. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and why on earth would we be doing this and why would we for sure rabbit hunt with them? Uh, so that's the attitude I went into it that morning by noon that day my eyes had been opened to what a cocker spaniel really was. Well, yeah, you and saw the light. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I saw the light. And, uh, and I was ready to basically turn my back on Labradors, which I still have some, but, but what I'd loved and I'd done for 10 years. And, and that's essentially what happened. Uh, that was February of 2013, June of 2013. We imported our first, uh, female and the rest, so to speak is history. But, the great thing about, you know, the, the UK genetics of the English Cocker Spaniel is that's all they've ever been used for over there um, is to hunt. So sure. here, here um, we kind of got off track a little bit with them, uh, mm-hmm. with a lot of them, not all of them, but with a lot of them uh, because of the show thing and their popularity increased. So everybody wants to have a puppy and on and on and on. Uh, where that didn't happen over there. Um, there, there is definitely a difference in 
and their dogs than, than what a majority of American cockers and, and a majority of what people think of, of a cocker spaniel here. I know there's great hunting dogs um, and field child dogs over here that are cockers, but the average American who say cocker spaniel, they have the same impression that I did. Um, so yeah. they're just a different, different beast altogether. What's crazy is like down here in the South, um, in South Georgia, where I am, if you say you've got a cocker spaniel, there's a certain group of people who only associate them with hunting dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. we're going to get into how they hunt and, uh, what we love about them. I do. Ha- I have an English cocker spaniel. Um, uh-huh. I think they've, I could be wrong, but I think in the past 10 years, we've just seen like a big increase in oh, cocker spaniels and a transition. I'm not going to say completely away from labs. And if you're listening, you know, what, what is the standard? What do you know? The standards off the top of your head for cocker spaniel weight and size. Um, I can tell you what ours are. Our okay. average, our average female probably weighs 23, 24 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, average male high twenties, maybe 30, 31 pounds. Yeah. Like a um, 31 pound would be a, a stud. It'd be a big boy. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. And, um, so yeah. what I'm saying is, like, you may find this, uh, like, if uh, listeners listen, never really heard of Cocker Spaniels or haven't hunted with them, the most often drawn comparison is with a, a lab oh, in yes, the upland world. Sure. There's nothing, sure. and it's weird to compare this little dog to this traditionally, like, what we think of as a bigger, much bigger dog. Um, mm-hmm. But th- they essentially feel a lot of the same niches and i would i would say even more um yeah i love labs my dad had labs we never really hunted with them but what we had pointy dogs um yeah so tell us um so we're comparing this tiny dog to this big dog what Mm -hmm. what are you hunting with these dogs um a majority of where i hunt at and, and what i love to hunt the most with them is pheasants in north dakota uh that's kind of their natural, what they were built to do, you know, be in front, quartering, flushing. Um, and, and they're, they're pretty hard to beat. Um, that little dog that I was talking about, the first one I imported, her name was Cassie. Um, the first year I always go to North Dakota with a group of guys every year, have for several years. And I trip typically always had a trailer full of Labradors when I get there. Um, that year I get this little, you know, 23 pound black, uh, cocker off. And everybody kind of sneered at me, laughed a little bit. And uh, by lunch that day, nobody was laughing anymore because um, she was doing the work better probably than a Labrador was um, a third the size and twice the heart. And uh, yeah, man, no, the heart it, of it, these dogs is insane. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and I, you know, people who aren't familiar with them, um, when you see one work the first time, it's like, Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Uh, because they just never stop moving. Um, but at the same time they're moving a hundred miles an hour in front of you, but you, you know, for me, I touch the whistle just a little bit and bam, the brakes are on. I stop, they look at me. What do you want me to do? Sure. Um, which makes them, you know, they're, they're incredibly intense, but they're also incredibly biddable. They want to make me happy. Um, which makes them a great team player. Um, but you know, you were saying as far as, you know, to me personally, and of course, I'm extremely biased. If if you're an upland hunter, 
um, unless you want a pointing dog, and, and that's a different game altogether. But if you're yes. an upland hunter, these dogs can do anything upland in the United States and do it incredibly well. Yeah, a little bit of waterfowl too. If down it's down where you all are. Yeah, if yeah, it's mild. Yeah, down where you yeah. all are, yeah. Um, I mean, I've got, you know, I have actually have a client in Oklahoma that he's got a little dog named Keeper, and she's hunted waterfowl hunting with him all through duck season and actually sent me a video of her um retrieving a sandhill crane last year oh my gosh and here's a 22 pound dog retrieving a 12 pound bird and you know if you put those same ratios to a labrador that's a 35 pound bird you know if you have a 70 pound lab and that doesn't happen oh yeah so the heart of the heart of these little guys just is insane i've seen yeah go ahead i've seen uh you know they've done geese uh Mm -hmm. some guys do ducks but but the real i mean what they were bred to do are are be upland dogs flush game Um, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah um that hunt in england i'm when i got my english cocker um although Mm -hmm. they so down here where we hunt especially on preserves or like plantation style hunting you mm-hmm. got your pointing dogs working out front. Right. Uh, your cocker is uh, healing as you approach the point. You yep. uh, give the cocker the go-ahead. He runs in there. All hell breaks loose. <laughs> birds fly. Birds get shot. Cocker goes out and retrieves them. He's back to heal the entire time. Uh-huh. Yep. And that's kind of the traditional role now in... What I got fascinated with is when I started looking for training resources for my English cocker. I'm watching these hunts in England, and right. I'm what it's what they call rough shoot, rough shooting, right? Mm-hmm. And rough shooting yes. is what we just call hunting because we don't right. have a lot of driven shoots. This is where you're walking through, you know, through the terrain, and your dogs out front quartering. And these little, I, I was watching these little dogs hunt. They weren't just, yeah. they weren't just flushing and retrieving. They were hunting actively, right. and right. so I'm like, I wonder if my cocker will do this. And we started working on it, and he took to it. He he will absolutely. I, I work at a plantation, and all mm-hmm. our dogs aren't a a plus dogs. There's some B dogs. There might be a couple of high C's, you know, C plus dogs in there. And Uh he will absolutely bring up a C dog's performance by covering that 15 yard box in front of you. Right. Right. If if there's anything in that 15 yard box, it's up. Right. Yeah. Right. And Um, so how do you see, uh, you've, you've hunted down here uh, around Thomasville. Um, yes. How do you see your cockers complimenting or even. You know, could you only do with a cocker on quail hunts? Or are you like, ah, uh, they ne- kind of need to compliment a pointing dog? Oh, I think, I mean, for a, especially the, a South Georgia quail hunt or even any, you know, when you're hunting bobwhite quail, a, a pointing dog is a must, in my opinion. Uh, but the way you guys and the way people hunt them in South Georgia, it, it totally makes sense. And, uh, you know, if you're hunting at a plantation where it's a, people are coming in to pay to hunt i mean gosh it just adds to the show i mean oh yeah the pageant when you gets have, insane oh, yeah when when you call a cocker off the wagon or off the side by side whatever they're coming off of mm-hmm. and uh 
they come heal, they walk up to the pointer dog, you release them, they flush the bird, they go get it, bring it back. I mean, you, your eyes just get wide, like, holy God, that thing is incredible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in a preserved type of setting, too, you have so many folks that don't have, a, maybe not have a lot of gun experience. Mm-hmm. And it makes life so much safer for everybody. Oh, for the guide, well, for, sure. Yeah, for sure. If you're a guide I mean, and you don't have uh-huh. a cocker, you need to get on board with this. Right, okay? like, right. Um, because, I mean, heaven forbid, we obviously don't want a dog to get shot. And please, no one misunderstand me. But if it's my choice between putting a dog out front and a human out front, I want to put the dog out front. Yeah, um, and I want to put and a dog that up. stands eight, nine inches off the ground. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, if they're shooting your dog and it's a cocker, they, someone should take their gun away from them because they're they're not very safe. Well, I tell uh, people all the time, you shoot that cocker, I'm going to wrap that gun around a tree out here. <laughs> I don't care how expensive it is. It ain't it ain't leaving the woods. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, it's just it, – it, it's – it just makes sense. And again, I, I have Labradors. I love Labradors. I waterfowl hunt with a Labrador. But down where you all are, if you're just quail hunting, you can have a dog, again, a third the size, eats a third the amount, poops a third the amount, on and on and on. It yeah. does the exact same job. Yeah, man. And I sell, there's a lot of guys that call to buy a dog from me, and they will say, Hey, I, I want another hunting dog, but my wife said it. it's got to be something small enough that can be in the house. Bingo. Yeah, um, done. I got, I've got perfection for you because they are. I mean, they're they're intense, intense, intense dogs in the field, but they're also, I mean, they very much can be part of the family. Um, yeah. 90, 95, if not plus percent of the dogs we sell are a hunting companion. So, 30 days of the year, whatever the number is, they're out in the field hunting. Yeah, they're 335 days a year. They're in the house with the family. Yeah. Um, And I think what you're getting with, and we touched on this earlier, and what you're getting for the UK genetics side of this is, you know, the, the American line of Cocker was really, really diluted by the pet and show industry as far as hunting drive. And I will say the cockers I see that are what we would call field bred cocker, because mm-hmm. you almost have to make the distinction. Like, oh, for sure. I have a cocker; he's field bred. Mm-hmm. They don't grow like my dog's coat just oh, doesn't yeah. grow to the mop length. Right. It it will grow, and that's what I people will, you know, they call and, and are concerned about grooming, which there is. I mean, obviously, if you have burrs and that sort of stuff, there's Ooh, grooming that has to be sand done. Sand spurs and beggar lines. Yeah. Yeah, we got it. But it's it, it grows to a point and it stops. It's like an English setter. Yeah, you know? right. It, it You know, it's two inches long or whatever. The, and I've never measured it, but it doesn't grow to the floor like a, a show cocker does. Yeah. You know, field bred dogs just stay a certain length. Yeah, for sure. Now, let's... uh. Let's touch on if somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, looking for a dog, looking for a flush retrieve hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm between a lab and a cocker. What what would you say would be something that would steer you would steer somebody like um, you might you might want to go look at the lab guys or, hey, cocker is going to be perfect for you. Besides the obvious, like they're smaller, they eat mm-hmm. less. Those are not right. to be overlooked. Um, right, right. They just need less, but right. 
Why would somebody choose a lab over a cocker? Uh, I mean, for me, the first thing I think about is, you know, what exactly are you doing? You know, if you're if you say, hey, I September, I dove hunt October. I go to the Dakotas and pheasant hunt come, you know, Thanksgiving Day, we duck hunt. Okay. You know, we duck hunt for 60 days. Well, you you don't want a cocker. Right. Um, Yeah. And I've had a lot of people that have called me and said, hey, I want a cocker and I want to duck hunt with it. And, you know, I lose sales, but I'm like, no, you don't. That doesn't even, I mean, that doesn't even make sense to do that because these dogs weren't built for that job. Sure. Yeah. Uh, The other thing is, I mean, it just depends on what people are used to. Um, uh, I had a gentleman, an older gentleman that I knew from back in the days when I was at Wild Rose. And he called me a long time ago and said, Jay, I think I want to do a cocker this for my next dog. And I said, okay, I mean, what, what are you looking for? I want a dog that's, um, you know, I can, again, I can duck hunt with it. He's in South Carolina. I can duck hunt with it some, but I can also pick up doves and so on and so forth. And, um, he's 80 years old and cockers are amazing in the house, but they're also under your feet a lot. Um, yeah, especially if they're not well-trained and in his situation, I said, you know what, as much as I would love to sell you a dog and train a dog for you, I really think you'd be better off to stay a with what you know and B try to find a, a lab that's super laid back and chill for you because that's what you really need. Yeah. So smaller um, laid back. Yeah. Yeah. Lab. Um, so, so a cocker is a cocker for everybody. No is a lab for everybody. No, but I think you have to be reasonable going into it. Yeah. Um, and just, and just look what they're, you know, again, as Americans, we try to make one dog the do all everything dog, like a pointing Labrador. Well, that's, I'm sorry if you have those, I think that's ridiculous. I think it's It's a Labrador, a Labrador retriever. I've seen, Um, uh, people bring them out and I've never seen one do what they're supposed to do. Maybe no, I've just no. seen I, now. I've seen people bring out pointing dogs that very few of them do what they're supposed to do. But <laughs> I'm like, hey, you're paying for this hunt. If your dog right. messes it yep. up, that's on you. It right. takes a little pressure off me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. We might get slammed for that, but I've just never. Oh, sure. They're not popular here in the South, right? Um, I um, would steer clear. If you want a pointing dog, get a pointing dog. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and if you want a retriever, get a retriever. If you want a flusher, get right. a flusher. Right. Um, but, but, you know, it's, uh, the thing about a cocker when you're, you know, as you called it from the UK and this is what they call it is, is rough hunting where the, that's the only hunting dog you've got there. Um, I mean, you're, you're going to give those birds an extremely sporting chance because mm-hmm. yeah. you don't know when things are going to happen. Um, yeah. I, I mean, if you, you know, when guys hunt with me in the Dakotas, I'm like, your only job is you watch my dog. Yeah. You watch my dog. The birds are going to come from my dog. When it's going to happen, I probably can tell you probably won't just because I can read the idiosyncrasies about them. But Absolutely. it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's run and gun type of hunting. Uh, you get about, a, and, you know, with mine, you get about a two second, like that tail, like his tail's kind of going most of the time, but then he's like, Really gonna get excited once he jumps on that uh right that scent trail or whatever he's smelling. He's he's right. gonna go. Right. If they kind of um, break off their normal pattern, they they might be on to something. It, there's some right. signs, but like you said, it it's it's uh it's mo- mostly just watch that little dog. Yep. 
yep. yeah and things things will come from that dog yeah uh, um but, but i yeah. would i would say um you could say true or false and we don't have to talk okay. about it very long if you're coming from the lab world and you're used to training a lab or i would say even if you're coming from maybe like the english pointer um the cocker my cocker and a lot of the cockers i know are known for being a softer temperament mm-hmm. like a lab you can like lose your temper and I'm not going to say like beat your dog, but I mean, you can yell at him and just kind of lose your composure around a lab and he's going to be buddy, buddy, like two seconds later, he's going to be like, Oh, that didn't even happen. A cocker, my cocker, if you lose your composure, he's going to remember, he's going to be like, Oh "Mm, yeah, I'm not, he's like, I'm not really about this. I'm just going to go get in the kennel. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, and I, I tell clients, um, I've trained labs. I've trained pointing dogs. You know, I've trained cockers now. They are the smartest dogs I've ever messed with. Mm-hmm. By that, I mean I mean two things. One, a very young puppy, when they go home with their owners, will quickly figure out, is that owner in control or not? And if oh, they're not, yeah. the dog's going to eat the house. That's um, a good way of describing dog intelligence. A lot of people think like, oh, that dog's stupid. He won't do anything I tell him to. It's like, no, he's smarter than you. That's right. the problem. And that's the, <laughs> and that's the same thing with, with corrections and stuff. Uh, they will kill themselves working for you, mm-hmm. and they, they can take correction as long as you're being a fair teammate. But if you're good not being fair, it. if you're not being fair, uh, you're correct what you said. They will 100% punish you. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a jerk to me? fine i'll walk behind you now you go do my job Um, yeah yeah and a labrador a labrador i can to a certain extent you can force a lab to do something yeah a cocker you 100 percent cannot if you got onto him scolded him unfairly Mm -hmm. you might as well put them away because they're done i almost feel like Um, a lab doesn't to a certain extent, doesn't need to understand why it's doing what you're asking it to do. Like, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't need, like, it'll just, like, do something until it's like, okay, this is it. Where a cocker is like, I need to know what I'm doing. And if you keep asking me to do it and I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm going to shut it down. Right, right. It has to, it needs to be kept fun all the time. Yeah, um, sure. And it, you know, like a Labrador, you can do drill work, do the same thing over and over and mm-hmm. over and over, and they'll just keep running, keep running, keep running. Yeah. A cocker does it a few times, and they're like, okay, this is stupid now. Why are we doing – we've done it five times. I don't think I need to run to that tree and pick up that bird again. Yeah, um, for sure. So you just need to change it up and keep it fun and exciting, which, you know, coming from the lab world to this world, it was hard because, you know, I'm used to doing drills and patterns and, yeah. okay, we don't we don't play that game anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, we're going to do this. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. We're going to do the, what Hickok shows, the show pups. We're going to do show pups like 20 times today. It's like, no, nah, I really need to nah. see it like three or four times. I got it. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. Well, dude, uh, that is awesome. Um, one last thing I want to talk about, and we, because mm-hmm. we like to focus on public land, wild quail, wild woodcock, you know, but I don't know if they're, nobody's pen raising woodcock, but you know, uh, public land birds and Uh 
I've got two. I've got two opinions. One, and what wins out most of the time is I leave my cocker at home when we're on public land chasing wild birds. What do you? What do you think? Do you think they could hang? Or I know you've already said you need a pointer, but mm-hmm. is there any point in taking them out where you're walking you- ten? I mean, we put like we walk ten miles a day, and you can't drive. You can't. I mean, you're just like picking, you know, two, three hundred acres, and really hunting that. Right, and and you're, you're we're quail hunting. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, for me, I, yes. Would I take a cocker? A hundred percent, I would, because mm-hmm. they're going to find the birds at the point. I mean, my experience with my experience with a lot of like English pointers. Um, is they're awesome at their job. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not always awesome at retrieving. Oh, no. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to take a cocker because, one, I always want one with me, but, two, sure. I'm going to take it because I think it's going to find the, the cripples that, you know, may got away. Um, as far as, you know, woodcock and stuff, uh, it depends on where you're hunting at, I guess. Yeah, uh, I know. Like up north in in, in the UP of Michigan and Wisconsin, uh, a cocker, hundred um, percent. You're gonna you're gonna dominate it up there probably with them, just because the woods are thicker with them. If gotcha. it's you know we're gonna hunt we're gonna hunt a eighty acre field and there may be one there, well, dog's probably gonna get burned out before. Yeah, kind of you know, lose. That's interest. gonna suck. Yeah, yeah. Mine yeah. will tend so, to like check in. Like he's he's on fire, and I'll give him the like. So, um, I don't, I don't even have a verbal command for it. I don't shame on me for not even knowing <laughs> the time. I just give his go command is two short toots on a, uh, spaniel a whistle. whistle. Yeah. Just <laughs> a little, and he's uh-huh. out in front. Like that's his, like get in there. There's birds. He trusts me that when I do that, that there's birds in front of him, but right. I can only send right. him so many times into no birds right. and he like right. he'll come back and check in and this might be an hour like after an hour of that mm-hmm. he'll, he'll be like are you sure about this yeah. or yeah. like yeah. I, i'm not sure what's happening now i will say where we've had success uh georgia south southern listeners where we've had success is our farm we have a uh, pretty good acreage here on our farm and we never really cleaned up our fence rows so we got a lot of chinaberry, a lot of uh, privet hedge, a lot of live oak fence rows that are real brushy, and they hold rabbits, and they hold quail. And to do the old school, and this is like how my dad used to quail hunt, it wasn't about pointers and stuff. He actually went, he had a lab that would go, he would, he he just knew where the quail were on his farm, and they right. would, right. one guy would get on one side of the fence row, the other guy would get on the you know, the other side, they'd send a dog in the middle mm-hmm. and they would just walk up the fence row. And that right. dog is just flushing everything in the fence row out. Right. If you're hunting a rabbit, the rabbit will come out perpendicular until he hits the field and then run parallel and go in. Well, like my cocker won't chase the rabbit out. He'll flush it. Right. But you can get a good shot. And then... Right quail you know whatever side they come out they're going to come out and usually fly parallel down the fence row so if right. you've got that 
if you've got these heads and these fence rows and concentrated places, I think a cocker is jam up in those situations. For sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. But just, I mean, like, unfortunately where I live, uh, there's just because of agriculture, um, mm-hmm. everybody hunts field to field. I mean, farms field to field. So we don't have a lot of fence rows anymore, but yeah, I mean, if you've got certain areas like that, you can hunt and they typically hold birds or, or rabbits. Great. And, you know, to, to rabbit hunt with these little guys is intense um, because if they'll, fl- they will flush a rabbit, you shoot the rabbit, they'll go pick it up, bring it back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that, that can be a fun game uh, for the dogs to do. Tremendously too. fun. Yep. Tremendous. I, yep. I would almost insist, like mine just hunts. Rabbits are kind of bycatch for my dog. He, sure. he doesn't sure. like chase them. He knows they get uh-huh. up, but he, he's not like, Oh, I, I really want that. And then, I can send him to retrieve it, but he's yep. not like, yep. not like a quail. He wants to chase the flush and be there when it hits the ground. You know, we mitigate uh-huh. that obviously through training, but that's what he would want to do. Mm-hmm. Rabbits, not so much. I think my next cocker, I'd really want to put some like rabbit drive in there. Cause mm-hmm. it's so these, we've got these like, we call them heads, right? Like an island of thick brush uh-huh. in the in the big woods where you, it's basically spots where when we prescribe burn, there's a lot of hardwood. There's a lot of uh, maybe a low spot and it just won't burn, you know, real good. And so uh-huh. y- after years, it becomes just a thicket and it's really great escape cover for everything in the woods, right? right. And they're right, right adjacent to nice uh warm season native bunch grasses and so when you get heads like that in these islands man you send two or three cockers if your buddies have them you talk about some fun man that yeah. is fun yeah. yeah yeah well um we got a few minutes here uh, man thank you so much for taking the time um what what are you doing what projects you got coming up what do you want people to to know about Raglan? uh Gosh, we've got a lot of going on in the fall. Uh, September will be in Millbrook, New York with Orvis uh, for their game fair. November will be actually in Thomasville for Kevin's game fair. Yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, That's the Plantation Arts Festival? No, I think it's it's, it's something different than that. Oh, um, it's Kevin's Kevin, Kevin's game fair is, uh, I think it's on November 11th this year, so it's on Veterans Day. It's a Thursday Ooh. or Friday, I can't remember. A couple of days, two days before quail opener, if you're keeping track. Yes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. you're right. Um, it's preserve season already, but wild quail, it'll be two days before the opener. opener. Up. Yeah. yeah. So uh, then January we go to Dallas for Dallas Safari Club and then hunt as much as we can between all those events. So we're staying busy this year for sure. And if, you, if you're if you interested in a uh, Raglan Cocker, uh, what, what do you do? What's the steps? Uh, yeah, so go to our website, raglangundogs.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, go to the website, check us out, see what's going on, get the details of the dogs, and uh, shoot us an email. Uh, we'd love to help you out, assist you however we can. Right now, our waiting list is a 15 to 18 months long to get a puppy. Uh, so we've uh, we're, we're backed up a little bit, but you know we've been very fortunate to have honestly some of the best cockers in the field trial world over there. Um, 
in our kennel right now. We have a dog named Maladale X Factor, who if you are in the Cocker world much at all, you probably know him. Uh, he won the Cocker Championship in 2015 in England. Nice. He's a stud dog for us now. Um, we've got a female who won the Irish Championship in 2019 named Faith. She then placed second in the British. Her sister placed third. We have both of them. And our one of our main stud dogs actually was good enough. His puppies were doing well enough that he's actually back in the UK uh, for another year uh, doing stud work for them. So, awesome. you know, like I said, we've been we've been blessed uh, beyond our wildest dreams with uh, people helping us over there, get us great dogs. And uh, now we're just trying to get them out to America for America to see what a Cocker Spaniel is really all about. Yeah, man. And if you're in Georgia, specifically South Georgia, there is the Red Hill Hills Cocker Trials. It's a good place. Uh, they, it's the, the open, Oh, excuse me. The open is in the spring and the, I think the invitational is in, no, yes. The invitational is in the fall, but it's a good place to go see a Cocker in action. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. Just one last thing. I know I said that was the last thing. We got like <laughs> just a few seconds here. Sure. For, the, for people who are out there thinking, I want to own multiple dogs. I want like a kennel of dogs. Lay out in just a few, just shortly, what is the biggest challenge that you didn't expect by having like more than just a few dogs? The biggest challenge? Um Yeah. Uh, I mean, dogs are like kids. Um, just because you have one that acts this way, the next one's not going to act that same way. Um, you just have to learn the different personalities, how to deal with them differently, train yeah. them differently, correct them differently. Um, that that's probably the biggest challenge. Um, and uh, yeah, but I, you know, my my real job is I'm a dentist. Um, okay, I do gotcha. this on the side. Uh, but every day before I go to work, I'm out with my dogs. Every night after I get home, I'm out with my dogs. Sure. Um, there's there's nothing else I would rather do. Labor of love. Uh, it is, 100%. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, to walk into a kennel that has, you know, 20 Cocker Spaniels every morning, Ooh. better better put a smile on your face. because yeah. That's a lot of poop. It's a, it's a lot of dogs to deal with. It's a lot of poop and uh, yeah. a lot of dog feed and a lot of spilled bowls and yeah fun stuff yep. all right Good stuff. well Good man stuff. uh jay it was so awesome to talk to you i hope uh i can meet up with you when you come down to kevin's yeah. uh That'd we'll be check great. that out um Very all right good. um and we'll probably have jay back if he will join us again but uh you've been listening to the everman upland podcast and we will see you guys out in the field